This is Maria Francesca French, author of Safer Than the Known Way, A Post-Christian Journey. It's an exploration of the promise of faith from a post-Christian perspective. What does it mean to speak beyond binaries of theism and atheism, conservative and liberal fact and fiction? Why might a new type of theological imagination, one that defies categories and comparison with the challenge actual deconstruction offers, be all that is next? Here you will find a compelling read of story and personal journey with strong scholarship and deep theology, significant and transformational thought that has lived in the ivory tower for too long but made accessible and resonant. Read along as the tables are turned, head towards a horizon with no line, and follow a compass that doesn't point north. Prepare to be beckoned by ghosts and travel a path unknown, because to go out into the elegant chaos of all that might be waiting for us after Christianity, while still engaging in meaningful faith, is safer than all that might be considered certain. If you have moved past traditional notions of God, beyond mechanisms of belief, and find yourself relentlessly curious about what might be next, this book is for you. This and more in my new book, Safer Than the Known Way, A Post-Christian Journey, out now. Welcome to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical. With your hosts, hosts, authors Keith Giles and Matthew J. DiStefano. Hey, welcome back, everybody. 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 Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Everybody. Uh, it's the post. Uh, it's Apostates welcome. Anonymous. Welcome. welcome. Welcome to February. 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 Welcome to Apostates Anonymous. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing, man? What is this? What is this show? I don't even know what this is anymore. Oh, oh come on. This is this is just a lot of fun. This is we the, get best, to... the best part of my week, actually. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's good. So welcome back. We are glad you're here. We, God, I cannot. We are glad you're here today. What we glad you're here. You? It's been it's been a week. Your baby talk today. <laughs> Your baby talks is tops. Um, it's been a week, but we are back here with Apostates Anonymous. I have no idea what episode number this is, but we are rolling forward. We're pushing forward. How has your new year been, Keith? Well, so far, I guess so good. Um yeah, I mean, I guess I can't complain. It's uh, it's all it's mostly good, I guess. You know, we just flew to Tennessee for Wendy's mom's memorial service, and that was kind of sad, but it was yeah, my condolences. Was, yeah, thank you. But it was positive yeah. in that we got to, you know, see family and hang yeah. out and all that. So that was that was good, and uh, glad to be back. So yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're glad you're back. Yeah, not that not that we not that no one noticed. You, you need to get your ass back to California. I'm uh, telling you. One day, my friend, I'm, I'm manifest hoping. that shit. No, you don't hope. You manifest. I'm, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm going to start manifesting this. Now. There you go. There you go. Well, um, we have uh, we have a good episode today. There's there's a loose plan, and we're going to riff, and uh, it's going to be one of those reaction uh, episodes to our boy uh, Mark driscoll yeah but first we have an ad set up specifically for people like driscoll so glad that this sponsor came through at the 11th hour and it was like oh my god serendipity we always get the best we always get the best and they somehow relate so if our producer could please cue that up that would be great do you know a misogynist who can't keep his mouth shut someone who feels the need to talk over people as soon as a thought pops into their lizard brain Are you sick of being mansplained to by the latest biblically bearded bro on the internet? Then you've come to the right place. At Quacks Like a Duck Industries, we've developed the perfect solution. A duct tape designed specifically for biblical beards. Though we can't give away our adhesive secrets, we can assure you that one roll will change your world. With a patented Breathe Right technology, even the douchiest pastors will pipe down immediately while still being able to catch some much-needed oxygen. Win-win. They shut the fuck up and you don't catch a murder charge. Order a roll today and we'll throw in our award-winning pipe-down asshole comforting towel. Customers who use the promo code THANKDRISCOLL can choose between the following colors. Over the rainbow, precious purple, and pink delight. 
Ooh la la. Head on over to quackslikeaduck.com to order today. Oh, that's beautiful. Perfect. A duct tape specifically designed for bearded biblical bros. Biblical bearded bros. So uh, I don't know. It, I don't know how it tapes to the. Do you, well, that's their I secret. Have questions. Yeah, but does it does it remove easily? Because I'd be worried that your biblical beard will tear right off. That's see, it seems like they've taken the care, and their scientists, I'm sure, have done. You know, have worked on a formula, a secret formula, so There's that it, it would it still allows them to breathe, but it mm-hmm. does make them shut up. And mm-hmm. and then when they remove it, <laughs> yeah, when they remove it, their beards are still biblical, intact. <laughs> <laughs> they're still biblical. They're they're because if. I heard about this one duct taped and and it turned you into a malakoy and we don't oh, want no, that. No, we don't want that. No, 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 no. Like like me um, right now. All so the it's time. A, actually I'm like a hobbit. I can't grow a beard. So so this is kind of related. Um, uh, I looked up a friend of mine. This is a guy that was a coworker of mine when I used to work years ago. And when I first moved to California, I worked for Diamante Music Group. I was a sales rep for this Christian music company. We did we distributed Tooth and Nail and Frontline Records and all the all the cool edgy alternative stuff. And um, so I was a phone we, rep. We, we just talked about this like one episode ago. I know, I know. So here it is. It's all coming back. It's all connecting. Okay. So um, uh, my my uh, I was a phone rep, and then you had a corresponding field rep who was you know driving around to the larger accounts and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So his name is John, and I looked him up. He lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, we have since not become friends anymore on Facebook because of differing uh, theological views, Can't but I think we're still friends in real life. You know what I mean? It's just like we just kind of got tired of each other's not agreeing. He's like a hardcore reformed Christian guy. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so I looked him up and um, and he didn't block me, thank God. So I could still see his page on Facebook. And as I'm like the first post was something about, I'm not kidding. He started a like a biblical beard company. Yes. I won't say the name of it, but it, 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 but it has, but it's like, you know, it's got the graphic and this guy with a beard and it's got like a scripture yeah. verse and it's it. the name of the beard company. And I, and I started laughing at it. So I messaged him yesterday. Did you send him the ad? Yes. <laughs> yes. I said, dude, I want you to know, I didn't create this ad specifically to like mock you or anything. I made this on my own months ago. And then I just happened to look you up and I saw that you had a beard company and I thought you might get a kick out of it. And you know what's funny? He did. He came back and he said, dude, that is so funny. It's hilarious. He loved it. Okay, so, good. That's He's not great. taking himself too seriously then because no. the reformed bros can be very serious all the time. Like nothing yes. is funny ever. They drink their IPAs, they yes. have their beards, and that's fucking it. And they quote Calvin. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. So um, speaking of which, speaking of which. Oh, speaking speaking of beardly bros, Theo Bros, yes. Who is the king of them all? Who is the one the that king. started this whole stupid thing? It's Mark none Driscoll. other than it's none other than Mark Driscoll. And yes. thank God for multiple Twitter accounts. <laughs> I have since closed my Twitter account, but Mark Driscoll, years ago when I wrote for the unfundamentalist Christian blog on Pathios, when I was a guest, well, like a not a guest contributor, but like it was a collaboration, like um it wasn't just your own blog. I wrote something that would end up in Heretic about the universalism of the early church. And I quote Driscoll from his quote from Kevin Miller's Hellbound, uh-huh. where he says, go all the way back to Athanasius and Tyndale and that universalism has been declared heresy from the start. Yeah. I said, historically, that's untrue. It doesn't mean universalism is correct. This is just historically. Yeah, he's just it's not. It's, it's not wrong. true. It's just, it's just wrong. Blocked. Blocked. Blocked the whole unfundamentalist community. Wow. Um, you have also been blocked as well. Yes, I just found that out this morning. I don't remember at what point he blocked me. I'm probably. But, it doesn't take much, apparently. Uh, I'm no, sure I no. just responded to something and made a comment about something, no. and then boom, instant block. These these alpha males are snowflakey <laughs> as fuck. They are. Um, yes. Thank God for Heretic Happy Hour still has a Twitter. So I'm on Mark Driscoll's page. Oh, good. Um, and it is fantastic. Now, remember, this is the guy that we learned all about. We knew about, but learned all about on the rise and fall of Mars Hill. We've oh, all yeah. listened to that podcast. Driscoll yeah. obviously hasn't. Um, he has obviously learned nothing. Yeah. Um, based on what he's tweeting and his whole history, we've covered it on Heretic Happy Hour, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. If you if you want a deep dive on that whole thing, I recommend it. I listened to the whole thing while on a bunch of bike rides 
think it was last summer. And um, he is back at it, like almost 500,000 followers on Twitter and tweeting the following. So we're just going to go through it because it's, 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 you can't make this shit up. Like the people like him never learn their lesson and they're just back to saying, saying the dumbest shit. Now this is the, uh, this this is 17 hours ago. Um, I'm going to quote him. If your theology, now this is 17 hours ago from recording. So if you go to look this up, it's going to be way, you know, way buried. If your theology doesn't lead to healthy relationships with godly people, it's not good theology. Now that in itself, fine. But just knowing his history and knowing his theology, like, bro, you had the most toxic relationships with your staff with your congregation, with the people on that, whatever their, uh, what was the the thing he was involved in with all the pastors, the, um, oh, I can't remember. Acts 15. Something. Acts yeah, 30. Like a church whatever. planting thing. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your relationships were terrible, documented, terrible yeah. relationships. So if you want to say that, then why is your theology still the same? Because it led to terrible relationships and you have the same goddamn theology well because again it's all what's hidden there in that statement is the assumption that he has made ahead of time as to what is someone with good theology right so it's anyone that agrees with him right and therefore they're going to it's 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 actually the reverse of it right it's like but his life refutes that statement of course it does no of course it does and wouldn't you wouldn't it be more refreshing like i would love it if one day it was possible, maybe one day, that Mark Driscoll would actually have a change of heart and would have a, a, a post like that or tweet like that and would say, maybe even say exactly the same thing, but then say, and I know this because I used to Be have toxic guy. relationships, yeah. but I've learned since then that my lesson. And now now I've learned, like, to, if there was some growth in there, if it was like, oh, wow, you know, this guy, this guy kind of went away maybe had a sabbatical, maybe did some inner reflection, maybe realized, man, you know what? I really screwed up. Maybe he would go and listen to that podcast about himself and go, oh man, I, you know, when you put it that way, I guess I was kind of a dick. And then would come back and say, everybody, look, I, you, you know, I'm sorry. I own it. I, I blew that thing up. It was a good thing. You know, and it, we were, we were growing. People were, were coming to this church. Everything was great, but I messed it up. And, um, and I'm so sorry. Like, no, 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 no. Has he ever done that? I don't think he has ever admitted to any of this stuff or apologized for any of it. Not that I know of. I mean, his relationships were like, if we're on a bus and you're not with us, we're rolling you over. Like, right. We're like verbatim almost. Like, yeah. that's what he'd say. Like, yo, I mean, that's not, that's a sign of an unhealthy relationship. Like, yeah. come on now. Let's just be, it's, it, there's so, there's such a lack of self-reflection in Christianity because it's so other oriented. Jesus this, Jesus that. And it really, it's too hard for a lot of Christians to do that self-work. Yeah. It's hard for all of us to do self-work, but it's never really, I guess it's almost seen as like selfish. Like if you're doing the work on yourself, you're focused on yourself, you're not other Christ oriented, you're self-oriented and that's not what it means to be a Christian. So they never actually do the work. Yeah. uh, Yes. Especially when your leaders like, like him as an Uh example, um, if they do, quote unquote, fail in public, then it's just like, well, maybe one Sunday they'll get up and cry a little bit and say, I'm so sorry. I I sinned. I failed. Please forgive me. And then they're instantly just brought back. And so it's basically like just instant forgiveness for it and not like, oh no, let's do the work on the root cause of this. And what's going on with me that I was Mm -hmm. doing these things and behaving this way. And, you know, like, no, it's just either you don't admit it at all, or if you do get caught, basically, Mm -hmm. um, it's just, but I'm forgiven. I'm covered in the blood of the lamb. Uh, yay. Everything's great. And we just go right back to what we were doing. So yeah, we're right <laughs> back to, we're right back to Mark Driscoll having 500,000 followers. Yes. Yeah. That, that, look, I, when he first stepped down and it, to me, it was really disgraceful though. It was just this slow motion car wreck, right? This horrible, horrible meltdown with this guy's church and ministry and horrible things. In fact, before there was the podcast, there was a blog where people were posting, you know, who had gone through there and, and kind of sharing their personal stories or like a message board thing. I remember reading through it, just them telling their stories of how they were treated and all this kind of stuff. And so when he finally stepped down or got kicked out, I don't remember how it worked out. But anyway, when he was finally gone, I thought, well, that's it. You know, that guy's done. 
like he'll never he'll never be a pastor again. And actually, what's funny is his Twitter account is Pastor Mark Driscoll. Like mm-hmm. that guy should never be called a pastor again. Uh, but he's just right back to it. And yeah. I, how I just I don't understand how five hundred thousand people is it five hundred thousand? Four forty seven. Four hundred forty seven thousand. Do they not know who this guy is or do they know and they just don't they care? They just don't care. They don't care. I don't know, man. That's crazy. Yeah. So let's let's scroll down a little bit. Um, there's more. Oh, there's way more. Oh, there's so much more. Um, man, which one to do? All right. How about this one? On January 26th, same sex, quote unquote, love isn't love. It's lust. But how does like, he know that? How do you know that? Exactly. Yeah. Why do you know so much about this, dude? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know so much that you're going to tell every queer couple that's in love with their partner or whatever that what, they, what they're experiencing. Is it maybe? And again, I don't want to accuse Mark of anything. But is it maybe because you've struggled with the same stuff yeah. and, and, and for you... That's it's, true. That, yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, how do you know that about others? You don't have that experience, so you cannot speak to it. So again, I just want to plug um, quackslikeaduck.com. Use promo code <laughs> thanksdriscoll for duct tape. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So you know what? Here, here it's a very, to me, that reaction. Because I, I got that reaction. I, I posted something <clears throat> a couple of days ago on TikTok um, about... Uh, same-sex marriage and things like this. And uh, one of the comments was something like that about, I can't remember exactly what the comment was, but it was along the same lines as that tweet from Driscoll. That essentially, and it's, it's dehumanizing because what it does is that it, it, um, it basically says that, that heterosexual relationships are about love and, uh, and, and compassion and giving and sharing and, you know, deep, wholesome, wholesome love. But, but same-sex relationships are lust and sex-based. They're just sex-based. It's only about mm-hmm. sex. And it's like, so when people talk that way, what they're saying is, in a subtle way, what they're implying is that if you are not heterosexual, you are incapable of loving, being in the same kind of loving relationship that I am in my heterosexual relationships. Like mm-hmm. I'm taking away from you the humanity, the the human agency to actually love another person of the same sex and it, have it be about love that you right. genuinely love that person in the exact same way right. that, uh, that, a, that a heterosexual couple love one another. Right. And, and, uh, part of it is, well, maybe like you're saying, maybe some of it is subconsciously just not wanting to believe that like, Oh, it can't be that right. It's got, it's, it's an abomination. It's horrible. It's sin. It's mm-hmm. lust. And so therefore it has to go in that box in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe it is like you're saying also uh, a subconscious thing of like when I struggle with same sex attraction, right. That's uh, when I have these yeah. thoughts that I don't want to have, uh, that I'm right. not supposed to have about so someone of the same with sex. Everyone. Therefore, that's lust. That, yeah. That's my lust. That's my flesh coming up yeah. Yeah. rather than maybe this is naturally who I am. Yeah. Right. This, of course is from the person who described a woman's vulva as a penis home. Yes, a woman is a penis home. Yes. A holster basically for your <laughs> for, your, for your penis pistol. Um <laughs> By the way, I have to shout out coming on. <laughs> yeah, they, they, oh yeah, write that down. Uh by the way, just a shout out to to our one of our Choircast uh network podcasts, um the, the New Evangelicals podcast. Tim Whitaker had a little video thing on Instagram today. Uh which was funny because he was quoting Driscoll mm-hmm. and then he broke in. He, he, he starts with a clip of Driscoll t- saying it was something like Driscoll's answering a question. Like um, someone asked him uh, as a, should I attend the, the, the same sex wedding? Oh, you know, that's, a the family next, member. that's the next tweet. I've got oh yeah, there about. you go. And he responded. It was awesome. So yeah, I, I love it's kind of synergy kind of going here that we're on the same page. Yeah. I wonder if it'll come through if I play it. Um, Cause it's on Twitter. So I, hold, hold on. Let's see if you can hear this. For the listeners here, I hear nothing. No, you don't hear nothing. Nothing, not a thing. Well, shit. Um, he says that should a Christian attend a gay wedding? He said no. 
you shouldn't go to a gay wedding. You shouldn't go to a strip club. You shouldn't go to a drug den. (laughs) (laughs) Because a same sex wedding is a strip. It's the same as going to a strip club. It's the same. Like going to. (laughs) You put money in their underwear as they come down the aisle. (laughs) As yeah, throwing money on a stripper who's twerking on your cock. While doing while doing blow in the bathroom, you know, I um, guess you know, I, I, I haven't gone to enough gay weddings. <laughs> gay wedding sounds fun as hell. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, um, I I don't. Um, this is not good for podcasts. I have no comment. I don't. I, it's just the same bullshit. Like yeah, like do you know so much about gay weddings and? strip clubs and drug dens that we don't know about like how do you know they're all the same ah it's all sin well he's just assuming yes because homosexuality is an abomination to god and it's uh it's it's the horrible horrible sin that jesus never mentioned and uh yeah so you can't do anything can't can't, uh can't be a part of that piggybacking off that january 17th mark is like i got a good one for them i got six words for these motherfuckers Okay. God hates pride, lowercase p, period. God hates pride, uh, capital P, period. Oh. Um, Mark, you've learned not. God hates some of you right now. That's right. Do, remember, do we remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, sermon? dude. That, that was, yeah, that was like one of those classic Reminds clips. Me of Alex Jones. The Duff Gobbles, Gobbles. And you got the vein coming through his head. Like, right. you're still on this shit. God hates you. God hates you celebrating yourself right god hates the way he made you god hates all this shit about you it's like dude you're the same guy you're the same guy he talks sentence in his twitter he just uh, above that he talks about um uh what is it if you don't call people to repent you've abandoned the gospel when the fuck have you changed your mind the last time about (laughs) anything mark you're the same fucking person from 2014 right like no, 10 years exactly. later and you're the same douchey, like <laughs> affliction wearing, bedazzled jean, midlife crisis, Corvette driving, misogynist, fucking dumb fuck who doesn't know anything. <laughs> now that kind of stuff will get you blocked. That, you know I'm I mean? already off Twitter. <laughs> fuck Elon Musk. Fuck Twitter. Fuck all that shit. I, it's not helpful to me. Yeah. I'm done with that shit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, we did a podcast all about that, about how all these, all the guys, all these pastors and, and uh, Theo bros who go on and on about repentance, haven't repented since like they were nine years old and they, they first became a Christian <laughs> and that was it. They've never yeah. went to Noya. They've never changed their mind. They never nope. reconsidered, re- nope. had rethought their theology nope. ever. Nope. Nope. They said, I'm sorry for doing this and that. That's it. These little peccadillos, but they don't change their theology. They don't change their, what's a masculine alpha male. You got to be a little, it's the same boring bullshit. And 500,000 people, you got to assume some of them are hate following, but I don't even know. Cause if you say anything, he's going to block you. Yeah. Cause he's snowflakey. Super. Yeah. I mean, I would only follow him out of morbid curiosity. Like we're doing now. Just be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like people like that. I follow. Um, because it's, it's fuel for my next blog post, you know, like I can't believe somebody said that and like, okay, I got to write a blog now. But he's just, he's such a boomer. A hipster can, a hipster can find his grandpa's clothes, but can't seem to find his work ethic. Okay. Boomer. Wow. Oh yeah, dude. Look, as, a, as the father of two hipster millennials, <laughs> although I don't think they're hipster, but um, my, my both of my boys, <clears throat> excuse me, both of my boys are college graduates. <clears throat> Man, excuse me. Both of my sons are college graduates, and they both have struggled to find jobs. And it's not because they don't want to work, and it's not because they're just like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to work here. I mean, they have tried and find. You know, like, one of my sons does have a job that's decent so far, and you know, he's still working great. My other son has struggled. I mean, my gosh, he has probably applied for hundreds of jobs and that you don't get callbacks. By the way, the reason you don't get callbacks is they get money from the government for saying that they are offering jobs and they're trying to offer jobs. So they get they get like, you know, government subsidies and support and stuff for that. But they don't actually even return, you know, like follow up on the resume. So like Mm. 
he's turned in so many resumes, uh, or, or he's this has happened to him multiple times where he'll get hired with a batch of people uh, on a temporary basis to hire like 15, 20 people. They'll work them for like three months and then fire every one of them. Let just let every one of them go and then start over again with a new batch. And they just kind of cycle through these kind of things. So like, yeah, it pisses me off when I hear people say that this whole bullshit thing about, oh, millennials don't want to work. And, you know, I, what do you mean there's no jobs? I, every time I go to McDonald's, there's a sign help wanted. Yes, but you understand if you work at McDonald's, you can't pay your rent. You can't pay your bills. You well, know what I mean? It's not a living wage. Unemployment's at a record low. Low People right. are working. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it sounds boomery as hell. Like when you're just like, back in my day, people worked and they didn't know their children and they came. It's like, yes, they were yeah. men. But back, yeah. But see, back in the day, when you know, Woody and I got married, in, we were in college, we got married. I had uh, a part time job and I worked at the church, and Wendy had a waitressing job. And we were able to work those jobs, go to school, pay for our tuition, buy our books, pay our bills. Like that was another you time. You now. cannot do that now. You cannot. Yeah. That's why there's all these people and, you know, all these kids that are graduating. But again, both of my kids are, you know, massive debt because uh, of all their student loans and stuff. So, yeah, it's just a different world. And to act like it's the same is. There's just no compassion from this dude. No. And his, his bio just says it's all about Jesus. No, all your tweets are just <laughs> it's about like, him. <laughs> It's about your bullshit hot takes. I hate these hot takes where it's just like, oh, I got to have an opinion on everything. That's exactly what it is. Come up with some interesting content, man. I mean, like, for real. But he doesn't have to. This is the reason why he doesn't. I know. Because he's got 500,000 followers. If he had like like me and you, like 2,000 or 1,000 or something, like, although on Twitter, I got like 10,000. But, you know, if, if he was struggling to get followers, then he would be trying harder. But he doesn't have to. He could literally just show up, be this alpha male guy, shoot from the hip. And then people are like, yeah, that's right, damn it. All right, here's a good one. January 10th, dear deconstructing, scare quotes, Christian. Oh, ooh, here we go. So you're already not a real Christian. You No, you're a deconstructing, quote unquote, Christian. <clears throat> just like you couldn't be friends with me if you hated my wife, you don't get to have a relationship with Jesus if you hate his church. Boom, motherfucker. <laughs> Look. Roasted. Roasted. Oh, Mark. Mark, Mark, Mark. Um, we don't hate your church. Or, well, let me take that back. Your church doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah, the <laughs> church. We don't hate the church. <clears throat> we don't even hate the people in the church or Christians or Christianity. We hate harmful ideas. Right. Which Of which you have many. But we don't we don't hate you for it. You're right. you're deluded. You're power hungry. Go watch Lord of the Rings. All everything you have a ring out there that you you've ha- you've had for a long long time. Right. And that's your alpha male desire for power, leadership and control. And you fell for it a long time ago and now you're delusional. Um we don't hate you though. We, we hate your ideas and we hate harmful ideologies and we hate that LGBTQ people suffer from mental health and, uh, and, and, and have higher suicide rates because of the things you teach and the things you espouse and the harmful ideas that the church has had for a long, long time. We hate racism in the church and white supremacy in the church and white nationalism in the church. Now it's openly white nationalistic, according to Marjorie Taylor Greene, Bobert, Gates, all those kind of people. Uh, We hate that kind of stuff. I don't hate the individual. I don't know Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't know you. I think you're probably a tool and a douchebag and I'd never want to hang out with you, but I don't hate you at all. I think you need to go out in the desert and do a bunch of peyote and not come back until you learned your lesson. But I don't hate you. That would be great. stop, stop, Stop misrepresenting us. We hate bad ideas. You aren't your bad ideas. You're probably better than your shitty ideas, but you're a shithead because of your shitty ideas. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And it's also this, again, this mischaracterization of what deconstruction is yeah. that, oh, people are deconstructing. Why? Well, because they just hate the church. No. It's sexy. No. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not, no, we don't hate the church. Like you said, people aren't deconstructing because, man, I just hate the church. No, they're deconstructing because there's some really bad, horrible, toxic, and flat out wrong theology 
being taught in churches. And that's what they are leaving and questioning and walking away from. The other thing that really pisses me off is this equation and how he equates, and many of these guys do, Alyssa Childers, on and on, all those, the same same suspects. Um, they equate leaving a building, leaving a specific meeting uh, uh, place, a building where people get together on a Sunday morning, and that, quote unquote, church, and leaving that with leaving the church. <clears throat> like, so, you know, newsflash here, um, even in that Bible that you say you believe and follow, um, the church is not that building or, or even the meeting. We are the church, right? So Paul flips it around. We don't go to a building to go to, to go to a church. We are the temple. The temple is in us. And so if I stop attending a certain meeting with a certain pastor in a certain place, I have not left the church. I can't leave the church unless I leave Christ. And so if people still say, and many people I know who are deconstructing, this is what they say. I love Jesus. I, I think Jesus is all, the only thing left holding, to hold on to. I'm going to keep my Jesus, and I'm leaving you guys. I'm not going to come back to this meeting anymore. I'm not going to come and sit under this pastor anymore, under this teaching anymore. I'm not going to come back on Sunday anymore. When someone does that, they have not left the church because they are still the church because they are the body of Christ and they are the temple of, of the Holy Spirit, according to Paul. And so they've just stopped attending a specific meeting. And actually, the good news for many people is that they, if, they're, if, they, if they live in the right place and they look around, they might find another, quote unquote, church, building, meeting, meeting place, location, where they could go and attend and sit down and not feel that they're sitting under toxic theology that that makes gay people feel like they're inhuman or abominations that doesn't put women down that doesn't tell them that God hates them. And, all, and so, you know what I mean? You can, you can leave a church like in, with a small C, but you can't leave the church unless you just flat out flush the whole thing and say, screw it. I, the whole Christianity thing is going down the drain, but that's deconversion. Don't confuse deconversion with deconstruction. Well, and and if so, and if someone does hate the church, like how some about people have a good reason? How about, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how about some self reflection? You're you're really literally literally the part of the part of the problem. Yes. Like people have said, no, it's because of people like you. Because you're right. an asshole. It has like there are a lot of reformed people that are really nice. Yeah. I, I used to go to church with them, and I know them, and I was like really confused by their. They were kind and compassionate, and then their theology was like, holy fucking shit, your God is a monster. You're super nice, and you're my friend, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, okay, pick one of your kids to go to hell then because of yeah. you know, all that shit. But, but, but no, Mark, Mark, this is more than the, your theology. Like, you're a fucking dick. You're a fucking <laughs> asshole. I mean, like, it's it's been documented that you are cruel to people. You're rude to people. You are a, you're a, you're a, you're a freight train coming through. And if someone gets in your way, you run them off the tracks. That's yeah. not like Jesus, dude. Yeah. And then you're yeah. still teaching and preaching men. This is a sign of this, like the sickness of our society. He talks about the sickness of society. I'll talk about it too, but it's this kind of shit. You got yeah. 400,000 followers. You're talking, Satan wants to kill the family. This is a tweet. And that starts with the men. Culture wants men neutered, literally, and spiritually, so the family is defenseless. It's a demonic society and tells young boys to abandon their God-given role and castrate themselves. It's like, why are you still talking to men? You are the – you are toxic masculinity. What is it? Picture of your face. Like you're what dude. everyone says is toxic, dude. Hey, so you know what's funny about that quote, that, that last tweet you just read? Um, so I'm getting ready for this debate, right, with James White <clears throat> coming up oh, as we're recording this. You in a couple of days. And um, that whole thing that he said there, right there at the end about how Satan wants to castrate men. You know who else wanted to do that? Jesus. Jesus actually says in Matthew 19 that it's that it's actually a great thing if you uh, don't get married at all and actually follow the example of these eunuchs. And he talks about eunuchs, three different kinds of eunuchs, eunuchs that are born that way, eunuchs that are made that way, and eunuchs that become eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom. And you know that so many people historically took Jesus literally, that there yeah. were, many people actually yeah. did castrate themselves. Allegedly. Allegedly. Didn't Irenaeus do that? Was it Irenaeus? Who did that? It, it was, was some early Allegedly Origen. Origen, that was who it was. Origen. Yeah. Um, so, and in fact, it, it was such a problem, I think I was, because I'm doing all this research, that I think it wasn't until 
was it the seventh century or something? No, no, take it back. It was the Council of Nicaea. The Council of Nicaea actually, in the very first meeting, there was they they had a decision about uh, like they ruled that a man who castrates himself was who did that was was going against the teachings of the church. That they had to actually say that because so many men were doing that, mm. and so um, yeah, I mean that, this is it's not just like metaphorically castrating. Like you understand, Jesus actually said, "Hey, if you want to be a real." you know, disciple of Jesus and be a follower of Christ in the kingdom, cut your nuts off and, uh, and follow me. <laughs> so go read that, Mark. <laughs> yes, Mark, go back and rethink this. Repent, uh, Mark, <clears throat> repent, go and read Jesus and follow Jesus and cut your nuts off. Please make us all happy. It's just so like <sighs> going back to December 27th, like they just worry about the dumbest shit. Avatar, Avatar two or satanic <laughs> movies. <laughs> glorified pantheism and paganism they preach that the creation mandate is bad developed culture is bad primitive is good it blows my mind to see so many christians enjoy and praise the films without seeing the overt demonism this is almost getting to where it's like you're becoming a character like every everywhere is a demon satan is everywhere it's the Satan detector. You need the Satan detector yes. in your home. And One of our other sponsors. Like if, yes. if you say the wrong thing and you do the wrong yoga pose and you say the name, you're saying a demon and the demon or, will come into your house. And Yeah. If you go, if you go to like a, a thrift store, you know, Pat Robertson said this, if you go to a thrift store and you buy something from a thrift store that belonged to somebody else and they had demons, they you're going to bring those right. demons into your house. Yeah. So now, now you have to be afraid of thrift stores too. This is the other thing too about this theology is that not only is there a demon under every rock and everything, everything has to be filtered through the lens of Christianity and the Bible. It's like, it's so fear-based. My gosh, can you just take a step back, everybody? Take a step back and and realize all of your theology is fear-based. Your your evangelism is fear-based. All of the, everything about the way to live your life as a Christian is completely ruled by fear. But there again, going back to this Bible that you say you believe, it's all it, it tells you over and over again, right? You have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mm-hmm. mind, right? Don't uh, fear and you know, a perfect love casts out fear. So if you're being ruled by fear, you're not living from this place of love. And you know what? I can tell Mark Griscoll isn't, because nothing not that he everything. tweets or says is is coming from a place of love. No. Not a single thing. I bet you. Try to find something that you could read a okay. tweet from him and say, oh, that came from a place of like a genuine loving heart, right? All right. Well, let's go. I'll go back to the top. <laughs> First one, no. No. Second one, no. No. He retweeted something about um, about puppies, but then it gets, I don't know. Oh, puppies, that's. Um, or puppies men, men, this is your reminder to date your wife this week. Uh, okay, well, that's not bad, I guess. Okay, sure. But it's self? but it's it's all heterosexual based, so men oh, and wives, right? Because that's what love is. That's what love uh, is. Yeah, you can't be. Then, yeah. No, 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 no. Forgiveness is required. Reconciliation is optional. God doesn't want you to carry bitterness, but who you choose to have a relationship with is up to you. Hundred percent. That's okay. Hey, I, that's, that's a tweet I agree with. I would retweet that. <laughs> no, no, someone else has said it that you don't, that doesn't, don't retweet that. Um, retweet it ironically. Just, um, you should start a whole Twitter page where you just retweet the things Mark agrees with, but you, you throw shade at him every time you retweet it. Right. Yeah. Oh, that you get yeah. blocked immediately. Yeah, you would. Mary was, um, uh, Planned Parenthood's a death cult. Uh, <laughs> Gay couple yes. pimps out a child. Um, act like what? men. Be strong. Um, all of, uh, shitting on deconstruction again. Shitting on hipsters. Uh, he makes a dad joke. Don't chase after the apostates. <laughs> oh, hey, he mentioned us. He mentioned us. Oh, here's wow. a good one. Deconstructionist vocab translations. Oh, this is good. We're going to okay, play this four. Is good. Here we go. Here we go. This is also called um, How to Not Read the Room by Mark Driscoll. <laughs> Number one, spiritual abuse. What they really mean. Oh, I saw pa- that too. I saw my that. My pastor told me to stop sinning. Um, no. Okay. That, Look, that, okay. That whoa, whoa, whoa. Is, whoa. 
Well, hold on. I think okay. Keith had something to say here. Okay. Again, Mark Driscoll, Mark go Driscoll. back, go back and listen, go listen to that podcast. Okay. About you and, and write down every time you see an example of spiritual abuse. And every time you see an example of spiritual abuse coming from you, try to think, is, is this really just the other person saying, Mark told me not to sin? No, dude, you are, you're a factory. You're a spiritual abuse factory. You are shoving that shit out constantly. And you are a fact, you are a successful factory in the, in the, in the steel ages. heyday. (laughs) you're fucking Rockefeller. Yes. Yes, dude. You're Carnegie, whatever. It's the, it's the, uh, you're a tycoon of, of, Spiritual abuse. It's the Ford assembly line of spiritual abuse, just like nonstop, twenty four seven, cranking it out. That model T abuse. This is just not being like you're not hearing any of us what we told you. Yeah. Number two, gaslighting. Okay, this is a term that is, to his credit, used over overused. Yes. Um. This is his translation. My pastor told me Jesus said stop sinning. Now that is a. This is gaslighting so far. <laughs> like this is the great irony is this tweet That's an example is of it. gaslighting. He is gaslighting. He's like, showing we, you gaslighting. We, by we gaslighting. told you something. People told you something. The the Throckmortons, the Rachel Held Evans, and yes, so on. Years and years and years ago, then the podcast came out, which you're too much of a snowflake, so you didn't listen to. It. No. Um, and then you you told you you listened to people. And you turned around and said, that's not what they said. And this is what they said. Or they said, I said this, but I didn't say this. I said this. Right. And that's gaslighting. You're gaslighting gaslighting. all of us. Yes. And then you're going to, and then the great irony is you're going to use gaslighting to define the gaslighting. That's next level, Mark. That's next level gaslighting. That's meta. That's meta. (laughs) Number three, I follow Jesus, not Paul. What I mean is, I don't follow Jesus. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. You know what? I mean... Who's Jesus? Who's? Yes, exactly. Which which Jesus? Because the Jesus that he follows has a six-pack and drives a Ford truck. That's right. And And he can't kick his ass because he's got a a tattoo on his leg and he's committed to make someone bleed. Yes. That's right. Like he's been he's been in the UFC since Chuck Liddell and yes. <laughs> he won against him. He beat Conor McGregor. He also does boxing. He beat up Mike Tyson and he beat up Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali said I'm the greatest and Jesus was like, "No, bitch, I am." And knock him the fuck out. <laughs> you remember that? It was crazy. Yes. In, in Mark Driscoll's imagination, that is Jesus. Yeah. Yes. In Mark Driscoll's wettest dream, that is what happened. Yes. Um it all depends on who's Jesus. Uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure Mark follows Jesus, whatever version of Jesus he has in his head and whoever else claims to follow Jesus, whoever yeah. version of Jesus they have. I mean, uh, the Jesus of Richard Rohr and the Jesus of Francis of Assisi and Teresa of Avila or the Dris- the Driscoll Jesus or the Franklin Graham Jesus or the John Piper Jesus or the Greg Locke Jesus. I mean, I could go. Joe on. MacArthur Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it all depends. I mean, this is this is Derrida 101. What do we mean by these words? Um, right. <clears throat> this is the best one. And this one I actually <laughs> sometimes agree with or kind of agree with. Toxic translates to biblical. Yeah. Oh, hey. Sure. All right. You know what? I'll give him that one. I'll give him that <laughs> I'm gonna one. I'll give him that one. I'm going to give you one. Yes. I'm going to give you one, right. Mark. You're right, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. it's toxic, what we really mean is it's biblical. Yes, because <laughs> what's possible. biblical... Biblical things that are biblical are like, yep, slavery, genocide, patriarchy. Yeah. yeah. It's Those like are... a Venn diagram. You've got you've got toxic and you've got biblical. And and there's a big overlap. It's a pretty big overlap, it's a pretty actually. Pretty large overlap. Pretty yeah. Large. It's like it's a it's a nice slice of orange there. Just a big slice. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> yes, child sexual abuse, you know, like yeah. go and selling, kill selling virgin rape victims. Selling virgin rape yeah. victims, yes. Uh, yeah. Pretty toxic. Kind of biblical, pretty and biblical. Yes, God, God actually commands them. Right? Hey, after you go over there and slaughter all those people, if you find some virgin girls that are like really kind of cool, you know, you can take them for yourself. And oh, thanks, mm-hmm. thanks, God, appreciate that. Hmm. Um. Let's see. We got a. We got maybe about five more minutes here before we have a meeting. Sorry, folks. Um, yeah, we have a hard stop here. We do have a hard stop. Let's see. I gotta. We gotta conclude with something really good. Yeah, find us, find us uh, a good one here. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Mark Driscoll won't let us down. 
he's got to have a really good one, a juicy one in there somewhere. God damn. Um, <laughs> well, this one's good. Same-sex parents are robbing their adopted children of a mother or father, which is an evil thing. Even a great mom is a bad father. Even a great father is a bad mom. I disagree. I mom the shit out of this place sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to stand up for myself. I mom the shit out of this house sometimes. And it's and 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 my wife uh, dads the shit out of things. So we have think a about, relationship. Yeah, but so let's do what Mark would never do and let's think about let's say you and I were going to post a tweet like that. And what, mm-hmm. you know like you would want or or let's or before Mark posts a tweet like you would, you would want that Mark would pause for a second and think. Just take 10 seconds, Mark, and think about this. Okay. I know you want to say this. I know you feel like you're going to own the libs if you post this. But but just think for a second about your own followers. And out of those 500,000 followers of yours who are evangelical, theobro Christians, um, how many of them are single parents? Is it possible that they would read that tweet and feel that you were condemning them? Because, well, I'm, I'm a single dad. And their mom is dead or, or I were divorced or whatever, or vice versa. I'm a single mom. So I'm robbing my children too. I'm robbing them of a, of a great dad if I'm a mom. And uh, if, I'm a, if I'm a single dad, I'm robbing them of a mother. So, oh, see, it's more common. He would probably say yes. He would. Yes. No, he probably, and then he, he would, would say, you need to change your view. It's all about, you're making it all about you. And you need to stand up for your children and go get a spouse that can Just fulfill the role that you can't. <laughs> and this it's is beautiful. the hard love that Jesus taught, brother. Just, yes, just get married. Get right now. with the Lord. Right. <laughs> Ugh, um, I need to take a shower after saying that. Um, yeah. No, this. I mean, this is just... Mark, listen, I know you didn't make it this far in this podcast. I know you're not. I, but if, if for some reason, like you stump, like someone gives you a clip, listen, no one hate. I mean, some people probably hate you. And they have every right to. Whatever. You probably hate them. And you say God hates them. So yeah, he, okay. you well, give us a lot of reasons. You give people a lot of many reasons to hate you if they do, but but we don't. I don't hate him. I don't hate you, but I feel like, sorry for him. I I do. I pity you. This is what I learned to be cliche and always bring it back to the Lord of the Rings. What I learned from that story, which is a Christian story, so you have to like it, right? Right. <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek. Okay. It's not like Avatar, right? It's not, not like, like Avatar. Avatar. It's not. No, it's not like a pagan because, pantheistic because, bullshit. This is it's, alle- it's allegory for the gospel. Oh, Tolkien's That's rolling right. in his grave right now. I'm yeah, kidding. I, I didn't mean, I didn't mean Tolkien that. Tolkien was all about the allegories. He he loved to read allegory. the Bible and then say, yeah. how it's can like I write a story yeah. about it that was it would kind of make this about the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God help us. Um, what I learned is that to have pity on people like you. I really do. I pity you that you're so wrapped up in your own ideas about the world that you don't have time to listen to others. And that's clear over like, yeah, over just learning about your life. And like, it's clear that you haven't learned anything. And I see it too often. And I won't get too personal, but I see it in, you know, family and in-laws that years and years and years and years later, you're exactly the same person. And this is what strikes me. And people say, Matt, you've changed. And I was like, the last time we talked was when I was 21. I'm 40. Yes. If you haven't changed, maybe that's the problem because I do not want to be a 21-year-old. I want to feel like a 21-year-old when I wake up in the morning. Right. But I don't want to live in the head of a 21-year-old. Of course I've changed. Why haven't you? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, we have to be able to grow and learn and listen. I mean, that's the thing that's missing. I, I... Part of me, someone, someone this week just even asked, you know, Heretic Happier, um, like, would be will, willing to have like conservative yeah, evangelical pastors on the show and things like that. And, and, and part of me, like, yeah, I would love that. I would be happy to have those kind of conversations if we could really have a conversation. Yeah. But so many of them seem to be incapable of listening, you know? I mean, like, I'm at least willing to do that. I mean, hell, I'm, that's why I'm doing this debate thing, you know, like. I've done I've done several things like this before, and people have told me not to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, well, don't do what are you doing? Don't do that. But I I do see a value in it because at least I, if if the other if the person on the other side is at least willing to entertain the possibility of engaging in a dialogue with somebody that has a different viewpoint than them, it's worth it. I think at least for people to see those two side by side, right, or to mm-hmm. hear them side by side and say, okay, here's one view. 
and he, and here's their justification for their worldview. But here's another worldview, and and and, and here's their justification. Here's where, why why they believe it, right? Because personally, I again, I used to believe what Mark Griscoll and James White and Alyssa Childers, like I, I used to believe wholeheartedly what they believe. I believed it for the same reasons they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have metanoid. I have reconsidered, re, have rethought those things uh, many, I've many never times. Heard, I've never heard metanoid as a past tense. I have, yeah, it, yes, I, I've metanoid. Uh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like David Bentley Hart wouldn't like that. He's um, flipping over right now. Uh, but... You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and here's the thing, I'm continuing to do that, right? Yeah, I'm still doing that for me. So like, how can I be better? How can I change? How can I grow? That's like, yeah, always be repentant, right? That's, that's how I've interpreted it. So I've always grown. Um, yeah. Before we go in the show notes, I am again going to post Mark Driscoll's church address if, and a link to don't be a dick. If you do want to send him a copy, give him my regards. Yes. Yes. Please do. Please do. Just do that one. Just one person who's listening to be like, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to buy that book, click it, put in the address, ship it to him. Give him a little handwritten note too, if you'd like. You know, I think you can also do a Kindle book that way too. So if you have the church email address, you could buy ah. a Kindle and email him a link uh, yes. to, the, to, the, to the, uh, the Kindle version. Yeah. So thanks, Keith. I'm going to put the uh, email address to the church That's right. in the show notes. Email them that Kindle. It's cheaper than than shipping, so under ten bucks. It's probably like right now. I bet it's like eight forty nine on on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, do it. Do All right, and rate rate and review this show. Keith and I have business to attend to. We'll see you in two weeks. Yep. We'll have a lovely another lovely sponsor. I doubt this one will stick around. There seems to be a trend. So every every, every episode, it's a new yeah. a new sponsor. Yep. And make sure you check out all the Choircast uh, podcasts. So yes, please do. I'm also linking to them in the show notes. Click them, follow them on whatever you do, Spotify, whatever you use, Podbean, iTunes. Yep. Talk All to right, you guys. in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.